pre-colonial times as Mulberry Island, Fort Eustis became a permanent military installation in 1923. During Prohibition, Fort Eustis served as a federal prison for bootleggers, and in 1946 it became the center of Army transportation. Today, Fort Eustis serves as a joint base with Langley Air Force Base, where installation support services fall under the 633rd Air Base Wing. Episode 4, Fort Eustis. In Newport News, Virginia, Janice is an army wife while my dad is stationed at Fort Eustis. They live in a modest apartment home, somewhat colonial in style, militarily organized, tree-lined streets boasting two-story units capped off on the ends with single-story units. Sidewalks and front stoops are included. From Google Earth, I personally find it to still be homey and serene. It's possibly now Section 8 housing, but who cares? I'm thrilled it's still there and a physical landmark of my mom's past populated on my iPhone. Arlington Avenue is located in the southwest corner of the city, just five minutes from downtown Newport News. It's circa 1969, and my mom is vogued out in her white pantsuit with a blush pink floral pattern and a complimentary cotton soft pink mock turtleneck. Her deep auburn hair rounded up and around, cascading down, contouring her fair skin tone. advantage of what's there. Accentuate the good points. Minimize the others. Optical illusions can, in many cases, produce the wanted effects. A light base will make the eyes look smaller. A dark base will make them appear larger. Foundation is used as a base for the rest of your makeup. Work the foundation from the center of the face toward the hairline using gentle upward strokes. Make sure it's blended evenly. She always had impeccable facial products, perfectly applied, lipstick, eyeliner, eyelashes, and contoured eyebrows, but never over the top. Her smile also had no competition. My sister and I have benefited from her dental DNA. All of this projected a dazzling image while standing next to my dad wearing his army green fatigues. I think this level of self-care is possibly genetic, and it might explain my short career in the United States Air Force. Military dress and fatigues are basic necessities for military life but also reason enough for civilians, 
to have a chest-pounding respect for our men, women, and non-binary service members. I would often daydream about getting off duty and putting on my civilian clothes. In hindsight, I'm reading into the tea leaves. My mom was a natural beauty and quote, always put together. I'm privileged to have the gift of photo memories from her day and age. And I intend that this descriptive speech offers you the visual context of the 1960s and 70s. Imagine a high-end flair of wholesome inner beauty combined with trailblazing nostalgia that was just simply achieved by taking the extra time to primp ahead regardless of your daily engagement. She looked, she was pretty. She wasn't trying, she was pretty. Always wore makeup, yeah. And she was pretty. So, there's no doubt about that. I, I still miss her. I probably always will. I first met Janice K. Sanders in January of 1973. We were both working at the Capri restaurant in South Bend, Indiana. The first time I met her, I remember thinking how pretty she was without even a hair out of place, very tiny waist. And I remembered her saying that she had just had a baby six weeks ago, and I wondered how on earth she could look that good. And that is exactly how she looked every single day she was at work. I wondered honestly how she managed it with a new baby, and she also had another little girl. It's not long after these images of style and strut that the pants suit no longer fits. In the spring of 1970, it's her third trimester. You have game, gal. Janice, I think you better go on a diet. I ain't that big. Straighten up, Janice. Straighten up. I am. That's it. Throw your chest out. Throw your chest out. I Janice. can't. There ain't no room. Margalina's got her. Oh, there ain't, ain't no got room. room. <laughs> my boots don't fit, my coat don't fit. My sister is born in the month of May 1970 in Newport News, Virginia. Of course, I remember from my grandparents' storytelling how happy and proud my mom was to be a new mother. The whole family joined in on the celebration and the tradition of saturated photos, home videos, and audio tapes in order to document the shit out of their firstborn. I'm not bitter, it's all good. My observation is to come back to my mother's need for family happiness, and with some stirring emotion, I come to understand what a significant moment this was in her life. Her very own family unit was emerging. Don't forget our fawn-colored, Porter Collie mix named Lady. Whatever trudges she experienced back in Allegheny must have been just a little stomped out. She achieved a milestone, a genesis, a vindication.
ships at a distance have every man's wish on board. For some, they come in with the tide. For others, they sail forever on the horizon, never out of sight, never landing, until the watcher turns his eyes away in resignation, his dreams mocked to death by time. That is the life of men. Now, women forget all those things they don't want to remember and remember everything they don't want to forget. The dream is the truth. Then they act and do things accordingly. Her in-laws hit the road in June 1970. A road trip to Virginia must be in order to see the baby. That was the position taken by the Sanders family, and conveniently, they just happened to cherish the recently manufactured truck camper. It was not only an invention of the times, but a mandatory part of the family for my grandma Sanders. Man, I love that camper. All white with a white azure, blue stripe mid-center. I even think the full-size door located on the back was blue. Mmm, maybe. interior was teak wood with aquatone appliances, dark blue cushions with a high textured fabric, scion blue and dark blue floral curtains, and accent pillows, and most everything featured dark brass hardware. This camper was not on the low end of the manufacturer. It had all the bells and whistles. The window treatments with attached sliding privacy curtains, a convertible dining room to a queen bedroom, full kitchen with gas stove and oven, toilet, sink and shower, and of course the full-size upper bunk. When not cab over, it was always parked stationary somewhere near my grandparents' house for accessibility, a treasured playhouse for us kids. I got a woman, she's pretty but she's too bulldozing. I got a woman, she's pretty but she's too bulldozing. She won't live long, Lord, Lord, she won't live long. You may leave and go to Highland Mofay, but my slow drag will bring you back. Well, you may go. But this will bring you back. I've been in the country, but I moved to town. I'm a tolo shaker from my head on down. Well, you may go, but this will bring you back.
but it was also a pricey protected accessory of my grandma's. Playtime was allowed with some supervision and limited to about 30 minutes at a time. On some summer days when the camper was parked, we had pretend travels. My grandma would camp with us and even prepare our meals inside the camper kitchen. But the dishes had to be washed and the bathroom had to be cleaned. This would result in water drainage outside and underneath the camper. My grandpa would tell us the water draining on the ground was grandma inside the camper going to the bathroom. Grandma would screech. <laughs> and we would all laugh so hard. It was probably late 70s, early 80s. My brother and I would spend a lot of days going on different little road trips with my grandparents. Grandpa had a camper on the back of his truck. He would drive, grandma would sit in the front, and me and my brother and my Aunt Lena would ride in the back with no seatbelts on, just playing cards and laughing that every time grandpa would turn the corner, our cards would slide off the table. I didn't care where we were going as long as I got to ride in the back and lay in the top bunk and just look out the window. I remember one time we were parked at a campsite and we were all outside and we heard running water. And my brother and I look at grandpa and ask him what that sound is. And he said, grandma's in the camper peeing. Actually, grandma was in the camper probably doing dishes. Another tradition would be to set up the checkerboard on the camper's dining room table an hour or so before my grandpa would arrive home from work. The late afternoon sun would illuminate the interior of the camper. The warmth of the sun's rays excited up molecular bonds within the teak. The wood, the cushions, the drapes, the appliances all fermented with the smell of home, travel, and daydreams. It was a capsule of safety and security. My grandpa would peek into the camper as if he had no idea we were inside. Hey, what you kids doing in here? I just come home from work and I want to spend time with you. Hot dog. He would tease us about how much we loved the camper more than him. I think this was actually my grandma's method of reverse psychology on how to remove grandchildren from a sacred play space, which was also an adult's valuable asset, without upsetting the child's feelings. When this truck camper arrived in Newport News, Virginia, in tow, were my grandpa and grandma Sanders, my aunt Lena, and two small dogs. The trip was documented by the latest home movie camera. I'm guessing it was likely a Kodak Brownie, a Sony, or maybe a Bell and Howell. 
The camera is long gone, and the original tapes were eventually transferred to VHS by my grandma. Those VHS tapes are now being transferred to disc and USB drive by my sister and I. The long way around which I have gone with this story is that due to this road trip by her in-laws, my mother Janice was captured on videotape in Newport News, Virginia, 1970. Seen on video, she emerges from the truck camper doorway and descends down a modular shiny aluminum scissor three-step, holding her firstborn child wrapped in a soft white linen blanket with touches of pink. She's dressed in a fitted pullover solid navy blue dress and draped off her left arm is a white baguette purse with gold piping and clasp. Her hair is the faultless and distinctive Janice Sanders Auburn Deep Red. It's styled up high, rounds down and cascades towards her face and lower cheekbones. Only one thing is out of place, but is it? She accessorized her appearance with white peep-toe fuzzy faux fur house slippers. Wow, you go mom. <laughs> <laughs>